Hi, I'm Isaiah. I'm the host of the Self Land Restaurant and Technology Podcast. I'm here with the Director of Operations, Woody, and Haas, the CEO of Pizza Nine and Fundaxi. How are you guys doing today? Marvelous. Yeah. Nice rain happening outside, so we're good. Yeah. So Haas, we want to talk to you today about how you got started in the restaurant industry and what knowledge, wisdom, warning you have for people who are getting started in this field. Well, that's a $64,000 question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll uh, give us the $10. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I've, I've known, of course, Woody, we go back a long time, many, many years, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm a civil engineer by, by degree, but uh, I started working at restaurants just to pay my way through college yeah where did you go to college uh, i went to college in iowa state iowa and, state and I, I and i was going to continue to get masters uh, uh in uh, at unm or this uh, i wanted that's what i wanted to start and then i started in the food uh, at, at uh, worked for pepsico pizza you worked for pepsico originally yes that's really pizza. interesting because charlie also he was a physicist he got a degree in particle physics from purdue and then he ended up going into restaurants so it's interesting to me that you had such a technical degree and then you chose to go a little bit more entrepreneurial and unorthodox why did you why did you go away from engineering into restaurants uh i think it's just you know by probably maybe chance or by just um, kind of what I, when I was working in the restaurant, I mean, maybe having great bosses help, you know, sure. I, I think I had uh, people that were passionate about the business and they built my interest in it. And I, I think uh, one thing about restaurant industry is, you know, you have, uh, you can see the instant gratification or satisfaction from the guests. Right. Uh, as you're serving them good food or good pizza, so you can see their smiles on their face, and I think it's uh, it's satisfying. Yeah, you know? and and you know the fact that you know as a GM, once you become a GM, you can set your own hours. Uh, I know the hours could be long and short, but you could have the day off that you like. Yeah, um, you know, so there are a lot of you know pros and cons to that. You know, right. So when you started at PepsiCo, were you a GM or where did you start? So, no, I was uh, assistant manager. Then I became a GM. Wow. Then uh, you know, just kind of moved for uh, on a special projects, and you know, that was it. Was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then I started my own company. Oh wow! And so what was what was the first company? You so so you know, I me and uh, with a friend of mine from college. Uh, we, uh, he, he had some savings and he, you know, he said, let's put it together and we opened a pizza place back in Chicago. And uh, that was my first project. Wow. That was a bold move. So did you guys do deep dish or was it a little bit? Uh, deep dish, uh, a lot of deep dish and some thin crust, you know, of course, you know, in Chicago. Yeah, you got to Area, uh, everybody that uh, loses their job, they open a pizza <laughs> place, you know, so yeah. there's always a pizza place in every corner. Yeah, so, that's, that, a, that's a very competitive <laughs> place to start a pizza place. What did you do to make your restaurant stand out? And what was its name? What did, what, did, what was the first name so of the restaurant? That one was Pizzas by Marcelloni. Okay. Marcelloni. Yeah, and, and we opened 
uh, quite a few. Uh, there's still a few of them left in uh, in Pennsylvania. We had uh, really? three. Uh, we have this a uh, few in Chicago. You know, back. Uh, uh, so I did that until from '86 to probably '96. Okay. And uh, then uh, I I went I went back overseas for a while and uh, just kind of uh, trying to figure out what 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 would be the next project that would be exciting. Yeah, so this, so the pizza place in Chicago, that was after you met Woody. Yes, yes, yeah. So when did, so when did you guys meet? So we met uh, when I was a GM at a pizza hut here in Albuquerque, back in the 80s, mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning of the 80s, uh, Woody had uh, uh, a produce company called Ready Produce, mm -hmm. and we would uh, he made uh, our lives uh, much easier because he would have uh, every item that would go on the pizza, as far as veg vegetable items, uh, he would have it uh, ready to go. You just open up, purchase the bags from him, open the bags, and put the items on the pie, mm -hmm. and that was that was really. Uh, you know, a lot of saved us a lot of time and yeah. safety issues because our employees didn't have to make to cut anything. See, instead of selling them a head of lettuce, mm -hmm. uh, we put together the salad mix. Okay, so all they had to do is open up the bag and mm -hmm. put it on their salad bar, or we would dice the onions and we would. Uh, uh, slice the bell peppers. And so it was pre-prepped, basically. Mm -hmm. And then for fast yeah. food, you needed to have that extra speed and also obviously make it as easy. And safety, that, yeah. Yeah, so that any teenager who's working mm -hmm. at Pizza Hut can open the bag, put the stuff on the pizza. Mm -hmm. So how did you get into Ready Produce? Because I know you started at Pizza Hut. At started at Pizza Hut, and it was one of these items where uh, open mouth insert project. Yeah. Uh, I told my area manager and regional manager, you know, I had this idea and uh, of supplying produce. We, we needed to find a produce company that would pre-make it to save labor and to save on, you know, injuries, the safety issue and stuff like that. Right. And uh, so they go, good. When do you start? Yeah. And so with a little money that I had, you know, started that uh, adventure with that. I was the sitting marketing manager for Pizza Hut at the time. And so started with a couple of buddies that we went in and... Um, How did you source your produce? That's what I was always interested by is that it's like, <laughs> there's so many steps, obviously, from a farmer or yeah. who was actually growing it to... In the big. beginning, we... I went to the same people that gave Pizza Hut or sold Pizza Hut the produce. Which was, who was that? That was um, Hutchinson Fruit Company at the time. Okay. Uh, and then from there I'd buy in bulk because now I'm doing, first there was seven restaurants and then there was 14, then there was 21, then all of a sudden I went statewide. Oh, wow. Uh, with it sending trucks to Raton, Vegas, Santa Fe, Los Alamos. And you guys just, so you would only see him occasionally. You guys weren't working in the same store. No, Because no. you were just a manager mm -hmm. of one Pizza Hut in Albuquerque? Yes, yes. I was the manager of one Pizza Hut that, that uh, you know, I, you know, of course, Woody was very hands-on. So 
we would see him because you'd be checking on um, the quality of his products and everything else. So it was a really great program. And then, you know, so that, that was great. And then I ran into him uh, a few, uh, about a year ago or so, a few months ago, back in. And you recognized him? Yeah. I think he recognized me. Yeah. You guys basically yeah. look the same that you did back then. Yeah. <laughs> Lighter hair. Uh, yeah, a little bit, yeah. If, uh, you know, it's a small world, you know. Yeah, so, well, Albuquerque especially is very small. So, yeah, but that was, uh, yeah, that was a yeah, good, you know, you just did. Uh, trajectory that you take in your life, you know, where, where you go, you know. Yeah. But, you know, you're asking about re restaurant business. I mean, you have to have a passion. Uh, it is it is hard work and, you know, it's the business of dealing with people. So if you get the right people, which uh, the last, of course, the last few years has been, you know, become Difficult, more yeah. of a challenge for a lot of uh, restaurateurs. You know, oh, yeah, staff. Nevertheless, you know, if you can figure it out, I think you can have a good business. Yeah, what Woody and I always talk about when we work with restaurants is we're always looking for managers, like who's the number one, because a lot of owners have, you know, they're usually successful owners are very involved, they're there, right. but the manager is usually the workhorse, right? That's the person who's like really, you know, checking shifts, calling servers, doing everything. Right. So what do you look for when you're hiring a manager? Um, I think, you know, you know, first of all, do they, uh, I guess, dedication, um, uh, passion towards the business, uh, knowledge. Um, uh, are they humble? If they don't have the knowledge, are they willing to learn? You know, you have to be a student at this all your life, you know, yeah. because everything is changing all the time. So yeah. are they willing to learn? Uh, you know, are they, are they stubborn? Yeah. Um, you know, so there is all that, uh, there's a lot of criteria. I mean, we have one for our, our staff, I guess, that can apply to our managers too. We call it Chia, character, hard work, integrity, attitude. Okay. And, um, you know, we have uh, a lot of those cards made up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, actually, I think I have one. <laughs> but, uh, but that's, uh, that's really uh, one of the, Corner, cornerstone, yeah. Of course, there's so many other, uh, so many other things. We have something we made was uh, is uh, uh, you know qualities of a great manager. Yeah. So, you know, I have a list based of probably about fifty, a hundred items on there that you know. Yeah. It's an early riser. It's a, so there's a lot of a lot involved. A lot that, that goes into it. That whole process. Do you normally promote from within? Are you looking well, at that's people what, who are... that's definitely what you like to do. But yeah. you know the the last few years has been much tougher. I think a lot of companies have gone to outside and trying to you know to fill in their wait, uh, vacancy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you can promote from within, that's the that's the best case scenario. Right. You, you know? just don't get that as much nowadays because people aren't sticking with the restaurant field as much, right? It seems like a lot of people, since COVID specifically, they they're just switching jobs as soon as there's any uh, hard work that has to be done. It's usually a little bit because 
everyone wants to just find what's the easiest job that pays them the most and working hard in a restaurant for this length of time like that's it's a huge investment in time before you start seeing that payoff is the other thing that we see a lot of the time is that the margins are so small and you're working so much why what about working in a restaurant or working in that field you know what I always joke about with people is that it's like, if someone told you that, right, you wouldn't invest in it. You wouldn't think that this is like, it takes a special kind of person who can see the value in feeding people and working with people to actually Passion. go into it. Yeah. Passion. Well, the, the, the restaurant industry is still very rewarding, but it's just very rewarding for the top, top few percent. I mean, you know, I ask my managers, I mean, if you are, what do you have to do to be a, $200,000, a year manager. Um, you know, if you want to make, uh, a, you know, a great money, I mean, a lot of, you know, GM, average GM in this industry makes around fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. Right. But, uh, you know, if you want to make $100,000, $150,000, what do you have to do? I mean, you, you have to be uh, above and beyond a lot of your peers, you know, yeah, you know, be a great, you know, what what I what I believe uh, I go by the scale of a, a net promoter score, where net promoter score of uh, on a scale of zero to ten, you know, zero to six is a failing grade, seven and eight is neutral, and right. nine and ten is where you go home and you tell your partner and your wife, hey, my, you know, have you been to this place? This place is great. Right. Yeah. So can our managers accomplish a nine and 10? I think if a manager can accomplish a nine and 10 uh, with majority of their customers, then they are over a hundred thousand dollars a year manager. Right. You know, uh, but how many places in this city that if I tell you right now, can you tell me, uh, you know, what place I can go to that would have a net promoter score of nine or 10. Right. You know, so, so I think, yeah, there's a lot of uh, work one has to do to get to that point, and this this can be very rewarding. I mean, we see um, there's some chains that do really pay very well. Oh yeah, you know, uh, but the, then they have the top of the line manager. You know, right? And they have to have that right. quality throughout. I mean, Woody and I a lot of the time talk about. I see that you know it's funny that you put integrity on here because that's Woody's biggest thing that we always talk about is that what Woody always says is his integrity is more important to him than his family because without his integrity, he can't take care of his family. Right. So how do you think integrity plays a role in a restaurant or any business, honestly? And Woody, you can chime in here too. You, <laughs> I know you have a lot of feelings about integrity. Integrity has been a, a lost start. People, you know, I would say that integrity is like a uh, credit score. You can lose it immediately. Integrity is the only thing that you personally own. Nobody else owns it. Um, our money, it says, property of the United States, your driver's license is it, uh, your home, uh, you may have the title to it, but uh, the counties in the state, you still have to pay them to keep your home. But your integrity is something that you don't have to work hard to keep it. Yeah. Just use it right you know say what you're going to do do what you're going to mm -hmm. say uh don't fabricate don't you know 
do anything that will harm it because once you lose it, sometimes you never get it back. Right. You know. Oh, and that's yeah. Very, very critical. Yeah, because I think when you're running a business, right, I think the, what he says, I think the biggest one that I always think about with restaurants is the doing what you say you're going to do, right? Like, we're talking a lot about staffing and just the most fundamental, right, is no call, no show, right? Where it's, if you're not calling, if you're not showing up for work, the business can't function, right? Everybody else has to pick up that slack. I remember as my time as a server, how... I had so much guilt ever about missing a shift, right? Because I felt like I was a part of a team and I knew from, you know, being on the other side of that when people would no call, no show, and all of a sudden, you know, you're covering three extra sections that you shouldn't be. So how do you deal with that, you know, big issue in a restaurant and how do you look for the people who you think have high integrity? Yeah, you know, I, I, I would say management by example. I mean, of course, you know, I, if if your employees know you're committed, and and that you do you 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 do what you say you would do, uh, and then holding them accountable, uh, I um, and and being fair to all of them, uh, I I think I think it's still not that difficult to run a run a great show great restaurant uh it starts from the top yeah and that manager uh, when they are they they manage by example let's say you're a manager you schedule at eight o'clock and you know you 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 are the one that has the key to your restaurant and the cook is waiting there at eight and you show up at eight ten. right you know, do you pay that extra 10 minutes to that cook that was standing outside or do you just go in and have them clock in and right. the guy just lost 10 minutes because you were late? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things. You those have little to things. Yeah, too. those little things. Hey, you know, you got to let them clock in that extra 10 minutes. You also got to apologize to them for being late, you know, yeah, because you were the one that was late because that's what you're setting an example. I right. think... I think all of that it starts with uh, with those little things and they add up. Yeah. And how you treat them, they're going to treat your customers the same way. Right. And uh, you know what the attitude you have towards the customers and what you say in the back of the kitchen, yeah. they are all hearing it. Yeah. So, so you know, at the end of the day, uh, we are in a great industry. I yeah. Know, we you know. Are, People eat food three times a day, and, you know. Yeah. We are in a great industry, but to be uh, to be great at it and do a great job, you you need to work with the you know great people and great managers. You right. Know? I've I've definitely enjoyed this industry. Yeah. Good. Uh, all my life, it's, it's been nice. You yeah. know, I'm steering towards a, a business that kind of helps this industry, but that's, right. So fun. So just a connected all you were so you went overseas and then you came back right. and you were and you, we we're talking about how leadership is such an important thing right. and you, this is how you're starting all these different companies so when you came back from being overseas did you come back to new mexico yeah or? new mexico and we set up a you know a, a series of restaurants we are pizza man hospitality group which we own and operate pizza restaurants uh, uh, How many yeah. locations do you guys have? Uh, we have all together. We have about twenty locations. Our whole uh, hospitality group. Uh, wow. That has uh, we have a few Rebel Burgers that just do burgers and chicken sandwiches. Then we have a Mediterranean called Cello. And uh, then we have the Pizza Nines. 
We had a manager that moved to Stockholm, Sweden, and he opened three pizza nines there. <laughs> wow, so you're so, international. But other than that, yeah, other than that part, most of our, our activities in New Mexico. Great. You know, because uh, we find out once you go past your base, it's much more difficult. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, uh, you know, so I've always been involved in that, just, just the restaurant aspect of it. And it's enjoyable, you know, whatever food, uh, you know, of course, New Mexico is more, more, more challenging. You know, sometimes I wonder if we started in a different state, where where we would be. Right. Because, you know, we took the franchising route, mm -hmm. uh, and there is not a lot of investors, investor operators in this part of the country. Oh, okay. Compared to, let's say, California, right. or probably Arizona, even Texas, right? Yeah, or Texas also, but. Nevertheless, you know, once you set up your shop, then you're kind of there and yeah. you got to continue. And that's what, uh, that's what we did. Yeah. And then from there, we came to, uh, you know, how do we uh, help restaurants gain more customers? That's where we created Fundaxi. Okay. And Fundaxi is your charity group where you, it's a foundation and you partner restaurants with charitable causes. So I know you've done a lot for fallen officers. What other kinds of charity organizations do you collaborate with? So Fundax is a for-profit organization. Oh, okay. we, we set it up where basically was we looked at restaurants, say they have a, a busy Friday, but on Mondays they're not busy. You have organizations that come in, whether it's a nonprofit or just any cause, like someone that is trying to raise money for it kidney transplant. Oh, wow. Okay. So they don't have to be a 501. Yeah. They don't have to be a 513C. So they could be, they will come into the restaurant owner, manager, say, I want to do a fundraiser year. And uh, they would do, uh, they'll bring in their supporters. Let's say they bring in $2,000 business. That restaurant will donate, you know, 30%, 40%, 50%. We encourage that restaurant to donate as much as they can to the cause because they are gaining a lot of first-time customers. Right. So we did that with our group of restaurants and it worked really well. We had uh, we had, had fundraisers where uh, they had blown the hinges off the door. I mean, after yeah. two, three o'clock, we couldn't take any more orders. Wow. We had been, we had, I remember one particular fundraiser we had where the neighbors were raising money for this kid that was having surgery in New York. In this particular restaurant, if it did, it was on a Thursday, they did usually about $1,200. We ended up doing over $6,000. Wow. We couldn't really handle it because we weren't ready for uh, 10 times more business, you know. So, so that uh, part of it, uh, you know, got me thinking, you know, if we can do it in our restaurants, it can be done in, all the other restaurants. So yeah. we we put the platform together, the website, and all the all the things that was uh, that would make it easier for a restaurant to join. Right, and and uh, that's what we created Fundaxi, and that was right done before the pandemic actually. Oh wow! We rolled it out, and then we went through the pandemic time, which things slowed down. And, uh, but nevertheless, uh, we have completed, uh, we have a really nice complete program for any restaurant. Uh, we just signed a restaurant in St. Paul, Minnesota, 
a pizza place called Dodge Pizza. Wow. So we, uh, they pay us a fee. Uh, it's a, a fee they pay like it's around seven, $690 a year. Okay. Um, or they can pay a one-time uh, fee of yearly of $99 and $49 for each fundraiser. So, so there, there's an option uh, on that. And then they, let's say, your organization, your church, your high school wants to do a fundraiser. Uh, they would go select the restaurant. They send in a request. The request goes to the restaurant manager owner. That restaurant manager owner will approve it or deny it or modify it. Okay. They they can change that, and then once it's approved, then all the marketing materials is printed out. You give it to your group, and all your group has to do when they come in on that day of the fundraiser, they show that on their um, cell phone or they they have a printed copy or so, and the restaurant operator the next day they add up the tickets and they write them a check for that percentage that they committed. So it's, it's really a win-win-win situation. Yeah. But what is really what I like about it is basically because they get a lot of, uh, you know, so if you're a restaurant operator and you're standing there and asking those people, have you been here before? You're going to find out 80, 90% of them had never set foot in your restaurant. Sure, yeah. Because they're just coming from to support that cause. Yeah. So how do you market or uh, how do you raise awareness about the cause? Because if all of these people are new customers, then something about the cause usually speaks to them, right? So you're using the cause as a motivator to drive business and customers. So how do they learn about the cause? So the cause is really the group has to do the homework. Okay. The group has to bring in, so like I had one fundraiser called, uh, they were doing one at Cello. Uh, it was called Friends of Rio Grande Zoo. Yeah. I didn't even know if that organization existed. Yeah. So the first thing in the morning I saw somebody come in, I said, well, you know, that's great. He spent like $60, so that's great. He said, I'm from Friends. I said, how many more do you think I should expect today? Yeah. So I don't know, we have about 200 members. We have told everybody and you know that, I think almost all those 200 people showed up that day. Wow. And and he was, and they supported the restaurant and we probably wrote them a check for hundreds of uh, dollars uh, yeah. for that. So the, the group has to do their homework. Right. You know, they can't just, uh, they, they, you know, this is not a charitable organization. Uh, we don't want the restaurant to do, it's not the restaurant is not doing charity work, even sure. though they're being philanthropic. Right. But they want you, to be able to bring your supporters, so they bring in some. Right, uh, yeah, like you said, win, 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 win. they're still, they're right. hosting. So we don't allow them to put any posters up the day of the fundraiser. So if you are a regular customer there, you wouldn't know what's going on there. Oh, okay. You know, now days before we have the restaurant, they can put up, yeah, like tomorrow right. there's a fundraiser for this. So if you want to come back, you can come back and support them. Right. But on the day of the fundraiser, we don't want the regular customer to feel philanthropic about this. Sure, yeah. And and so the restaurant makes money and the, the, the group receives money and it, it, it's a, just a uh, fantastic. We have uh, probably around 40 partners now. And, uh, you know, we're hoping we will go all over the country and be able to sign them up because it's a really inexpensive platform for a restaurant uh, to get new customers. I mean, what I 
always asks us, what is that new guest worth to me? Right. You know, how much are they worth to me? And, and uh, you know, I remember many years ago when I was in a show, um, I think the National Restaurant Show in Chicago, I met the uh, Groupon people. Oh, okay. And I, you know, I said, what do you guys do? They said, well, we, we take, um, we sell your certificates and, um, and we give them for half price and we give them uh, and, and they come into your restaurant and say, so what do I get out of it? You say, well, we keep half, you keep half. So right. they sell $20 certificate. That's what they used to anyway. For 10, they keep five, they give you five. I'm thinking, well, the five oh, doesn't even cover my food costs. But right. then they tell you this great, I thought it was a great big lie because it said, well, if they like it, they come back. But that's really not true because a Groupon customer is a bargain hunting customer. Right. They're looking for bargains. So yeah. if you don't They're a Groupon give them, customer. if you don't give them another discount, they go to the next guy who does a Groupon. Yeah. You know, I never did Groupon. I did have one franchisee that used to do it from time to time, but I thought he made a mistake. But anyway, um, and that's uh, but a Fondaxi customer is a philanthropic customer. He's paying full price the first time. Yeah. When they come in there, they're not getting no discounts. They're right. paying full price. So if they like what they see, they like to the show, they come back and pay again. Right. You know, so I always uh, say, you know, what's that first time customer is worth to you? Right. For me, it's worth a lot of money. Yeah. So that's really, that's our challenge of how do we take this message across, uh, you know, uh, we, we, uh, during pandemic, we, we participated in the pizza restaurant show in, Chicago, in Las Vegas, and we presented our case and we did get, uh, but I don't think we were quite ready yet. This was a few years ago. I think we are, we are ready right now. Yeah. Uh, I think our, our site and our program is very ready. Uh, we are looking at possibly participating in the National Restaurant Show at McCormick Place, Chicago this year. We're hoping to do that. That's where it all started. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll do that and get, you know, because as a restaurant owner, I'm looking at what is it that I can do the least expensive and better way of, and I, I don't really think there is not much platform out there for six, $700 a year. You're going to get access to a lot of these, uh, you know, we put a, URL ad, we put an address right on your website. So when you go to the, to your restaurant website, you'll see it says do fundraising and then a fundraising will take you to a calendar and the calendar you would, uh, you would punch and say, hey, I want to do a fundraiser on this day. And so everything is already done. Really a great job. And it's been a, you know, work of like four or five years, five years that you actually introduced wow. already. Yeah. So we're, we're excited about it. It's just, we're not there. I like to, we have 40 partners. I'll, I would love to have 40,000 partners <laughs> on board. Yeah. I think we can hand, we can do it. Yeah. And our office here supports them. You know, we, when a fundraiser comes in and you as a gentleman, as a manager owner, haven't seen it yet, the office will reach out to you, say, Woody, you got a fundraiser uh, pending. So you go and approve it. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Because it has to be approved before it goes live on the site. Right. So any given day, if you look at our website, you'll see support the cause, you'll see several fundraisers going on. We actually have one uh, restaurant in Grants that he's doing about 10 of them a month. Wow. Yeah, he's, uh, he's doing fantastic. Well, know? and that's really good because I think it endears you to the community, right? The community sees that you're doing all this positive stuff for people in right. the neighborhood, for anyone who's look, who's on hard times and needs to raise some funds. So I yeah. think that that also yeah. was always a big role of restaurants was yeah. that they were a community gathering place where people would come together and meet each other and network and do all these things. Naturally, you're just building a platform around it and you're making it a little bit more structured, which is yeah. necessary because a lot of people these yeah. days have trouble reaching out and finding that community on their own because there isn't as much of a natural drive towards that with people working from home and just all the different things that have separated people more. So I think it's a really good thing you're doing, bringing all these people together for a good cause. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, in Korja, we say, hey, someone comes in, if you teach your employees, if they're there for a donation or something, oh, hey, if you do a fundraiser in here, bring your group. And they, they usually, you know, know somebody that's looking i mean a lot of these groups are looking for money yeah and you know like on, on our case in our case it doesn't have to be a non-profit organization it could be a cause related uh, event and it it is just so uh, the whole program is uh, uh, it can be so effective and we have done this you you mentioned at the beginning of this uh, that we have raised money for police officers we yeah. have done uh, every time there has been an unfortunate tragedy with a police officer, we have been at the forefront uh, trying to raise money for that officer's family. And just uh, about a couple months ago, where uh, Officer Ferguson got uh, killed in Alamogordo, uh, we uh, reached out to our uh, our fundraising partners, uh, some of the restaurants, Matucci's, Saggio's, and, and um, about 20 of them altogether. And we asked him if they could donate part of the proceeds for that day's sales uh, to this officer's family. They all approved. And in one day, uh, they raised uh, they raised $9,300 and we rounded it off to $10,000. So we, we um, donated a check for $10,000 to officer's family. Wow. So we can make a difference. And now you can see if, gosh, this uh, whole uh, picture becomes you know, so 20 restaurants now, you have 200 restaurants. Yeah. You could, uh, you could donate uh, a check for $100,000, $200,000 to yeah. the, you know, God forbid if a tragedy happens again, we can coordinate. We do, all we have to do is a coordination from the office. We get the yes or a no. Right. And these guys get on board. You know? Yeah. Well, like and you they, said, it's just mutually beneficial for everyone. Well, you so. get a restaurant that does, let's say, our Alamogordo Pizza 9, on a given day, if they did normally put three thousand dollars in sales, they do almost twenty thousand dollars in sales. Wow. I mean, they they do you know the restaurant does get busy. They yeah. they get, and they get a lot of goodwill in the community because they're doing something good, yeah. and people support the, those kind of uh, those kind of things. So that part of it is very exciting, and I. I think we can make a big difference, you know. Definitely, yeah. And I think, like you said, it's a word-of-mouth business. So I think it will just grow naturally over time because so, and so you know, one restaurant sees what another one's doing. They all want to be involved, and then everybody wins. So 
I tell the restaurants that sooner or later you're gonna join, you know, so they, uh, they, they'll, they'll come on board, yeah. you know, they, we make their life easier. We take all, there is no administrative work. There is no, all they gotta do is put the tickets separately at the end of the night, yeah. total it up, multiply by the percentage and right. write that group a check. Which is also good because they, they see how much business your guys yeah, are bringing exactly, in. Exactly, exactly. So we, uh, we uh, that's, uh, so yeah, we would love to see how we get this message across uh, different, yeah. different restaurants or so on that part, yeah. Awesome, well that's great. And I think what you're doing here at Fundaxi and Pizza Nine is incredible. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to Thank us you. today. Is there anything you would, if you were telling someone to go to a Pizza Nine, what would you recommend they try for the first time? Well, or any of your uh, restaurants. Well, Pizza Nine, uh, besides the, the you know pizza, we, we are still one of the very few pizza places that make the dough fresh every day. So our pan pizza is fluffy and crispy. It's very good. Uh, we also do you know being from Chicago, we do a um, Chicago beef sandwich, which is great. And I try I ask them to try it with the hot or mild jardinero. <laughs> yeah, which is. Uh, a classic. Uh, yeah, a classic. A Jardinero to Chicagoans is like green chili to New Mexico. Exactly, so. yeah. And that, uh, that usually uh, is uh, one of my favorites, so it's good. Yeah, I had some at one of your fun to events, and it was delicious. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, and stay tuned for next episode. <laughs> thank you.